Testing, one, two, three. Am I on? Can you see? Roger, you're on. We're on. It's been a long time. Hey, can you see? Am I on or not? You're on. You don't look like you're really here yet. I got my... You've had a busy day, haven't you? I've had a busy two months. That's why we haven't been doing any podcasts. Oh, yeah. We got so much stuff coming to do here at Northern Seminary, including an outstanding doctoral thesis defense by Dr. Shu Ling Lee today with Professor Amos Young from Fuller Seminary. What do you have to say about the quality of our doctoral students? The doctoral students are great. We got another one coming up tomorrow. I did one yesterday. We have doctoral programs for you in the ministry. Finished your demons. They're fantastic. They're better than anything else. Dude, doctor of contextual ministry is the best. Doctor. Nothing compares. Folks, get a doctor of contextual ministry and learn how to deal with the issue we're going to talk about today at Northern Seminary. Absolutely. But before we do that, I want to throw a quick plug for our annual Theology and Mission lectureship coming up with who? Who's leading the way? Dr. Fitch? Stanley Hauerwas, Stanley ladies and gentlemen. Stanley Hauerwas is coming all the way. Some of us just say Stanley. He's coming all the way from Duke or Stan. wherever he's living these days. He's going to be spending the whole week with us. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, you're right. But he's uh, he's going to spend a couple of days with our Master's in Theology and Mission students with yeah, a have, special class. We and have then an after that, on Missiology and Church uh, for all the MATM students. And then after that, he'll be holding two public lectures. For all of you in Chicagoland, you can come and check it out. Everyone else not here or local, we will be live streaming it. So you can find that on seminary.edu slash on mission 17. That's like theology on mission and then the year on mission 17. You can check it out there. Stanley Howard talking to us about do we still need the church? Do so we you still sh- need the church for mission? Well, the title is technically do we still need the church? Question mark. Yeah. So, so you should we, check that out. It's going to be fantastic. Theology and mission lectureship is annual. Next year, who do we have coming? We already got it planned. Dr. Sun Chan Ra. He'll be coming and talking to us. It's going to be Park great. University. So that's uh, the church talking on to us mission. About reconciliation, justice, and mission. You know, this year it's the church and mission. You know, is the church necessary for mission, justice? Next year, how does that all relate to mission, justice, reconciliation? All the issues we have in this culture with racism, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to have a. Whoops, I got to turn my phone off. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of great stuff going on. It's partly why Dave and I have been so absent from our podcast. We apologize to all of you who uh, this morning or this afternoon looked down on your uh, phone and said, hey, there's a new Theology and Mission podcast. Episode. I've been waiting. Well, we've been waiting too. We've just Don't overestimate to, yourself. We just haven't been able to squeeze Don't it in. So sorry. your popularity. All right. So He's what a little are we tired today? What are we gentlemen. talking about today? I got. Oh, well, just wait about ten more minutes. I have a half-eaten donut. I'm going to finish that while you you blab on. I got some coffee <laughs> here. I got some coffee. So I'm going to be so, all amped up by the time we uh, we get into yeah, this so podcast. Yeah. So let's get to the subject. Today's subject, folks, is really. Um, well, we're going to start with uh, Tish Warren and uh, what she said last week about bloggers, in particular women bloggers, and accountability. Uh, but for me, the bigger issue is how are pastors accountable? How, uh, how's, the, how's the pastor who, you know, forget the blogs, forget Facebook, forget Twitter, forget public platforms, forget even these podcasts. 
the pastor. The pastor speaks with authority. Uh, the teaching pastor speaks with a, with a specific authority. The uh, preaching or uh, executive pastor has a particular authority. How do we exercise authority in the church? And I think it's directly related to uh, Tish Warren's um, little piece on women bloggers last week. So, All right, so let's fill out the context. What happened here? Yeah, so last week, uh, Tish Warren wrote a piece in uh, Christianity Today. Let me see if I can find it. Do you have it? You have it down there. I gave it to you. I do. I stole your copy. Yeah, you here you go. We are a well-oiled and, machine here. Uh, you know, the title of her, machi- her uh, machine, I almost said machine, the title of her blog post was Who's in Charge of the Christian Blogosphere? And she makes um, a really good argument about how uh, bloggers, uh, when they are detached from their local body, a body of accountability, and for her, because she's an Anglican, uh, detached from the church structures of accountability and the church tradition, the history of working out what we believe and why. And it goes, what goes along with that is the moral precepts or understandings of how we are to live. When you are detached from that and you get on a microphone like I'm on right now, and you make pronouncements, in this case, Jen Hatmaker made a um, pronouncement about, well, not a pronouncement, she just gave her opinion on the state of, of gay and lesbian sexuality in the Christian church. Um, it is unmoored, it's undetached, or excuse me, unattached to a church body where there can be some accountability. And uh, for her, that's a problem because... In other words, when you garner your authority based on personality, how you look, I mean, frankly, those two have never worked too well for me, uh, on your ability to say brilliant, pithy statements, even your ability to communicate, uh, and not on on your ability to work out your salvation in fear and trembling within the accountability of a community, a live body of Christ. I think that that creates problems. Authority becomes a function of celebrity, of personality, of wit and charm. What do you think, Jeff Holsclaw? All right, let's roll this back a little bit. So some would say that the advent of the Internet, social media, uh, but particularly blogging and even message boards. I remember this back in like 2002, 2005. And people were celebrating what was called the democratization of information and authority, not just in the church, but in all uh, realms, that people who formerly didn't have a voice now had a voice and a platform, could develop a platform in which to kind of speak their ideas and get them out there. And people were celebrating this as a kind of a break with old institutionalism and things like that. And I think that there is certainly uh, a liberating spirit within Christianity that, uh, at the day of Pentecost and the prophecy of Joel, that the Spirit will be poured out on flesh and men and women will prophesy. So there is certainly an impulse within Christianity that we want to celebrate, especially here at Northern Seminary, where we affirm the ordination and ministry of women. We want to, in a sense, say, hey, yes, hearing from all voices is important. Hearing from all different perspectives yes. is important and wants yes. to be celebrated, and especially the voices of women, the yes. minorities and the oppressed, we want to have a special ear to. Yes. Uh, and so I always want to lead with that as two white guys talking about female bloggers. You know, exactly. what, what could possibly go wrong, right? Yeah, I was so, trying to avoid female bloggers until we had an opportunity to say what you just said. So thanks very much. And so I think that there's a genuine impulse that we want to tend and care to uh, within the Christian faith and practice and history. 
Right. So with that said, what you what you are saying is also true. Certainly, maybe there's more male uh, megachurch pastors who have the platform for uh, kind of having this cult of a personality within particular churches. But in another sense, because women are excluded from that realm, maybe this kind of uh, following of personalities is happening online because women aren't allowed to lead in churches. And so we can kind of see how some of these social and even theological forces right. are creating the situation. Right. So you kind of jumped on, uh, jumped ahead on me. Um, and, and you made the point that, indeed, women bloggers, women in general, uh, are largely, not totally, but largely excluded from the voice of authorities, from exercising voice of authority and leadership in the church. And therefore, women raised in the church are certainly longing for and in need of a voice which speaks to their issues, their needs, what they're going through, that they can... Uh, um, that they can uh, relate to, that's the word I was looking for, and that that voice can be in dialogue with male voices. But because it's so male-driven, for goodness sakes, doesn't it make sense that we have more women bloggers, very popular women bloggers, very articulate women uh, blogging and, and lending their voice to key issues, and women are hungering for those voices in that leadership. And this speaks to, a problem in the church. And it gets back to my original issue of this is the way God works by this is the way he extends into new territory but with live bodies of Christ uh, working out what issues it has to work out in conversation with the teachers, apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, etc., the gifted church. But if there's no women there, then of course what we're going to have is this this kind of well, we got we got to have women speaking somewhere. I blame this entirely on the evangelical church and its hierarchies and patriarchies that have. I mean, if I want to blame somebody, okay, I want to blame Tish Warren's. I don't want to blame Tish Warren. I want to say Tish <laughs> Warren's pointing out an issue. That problematic issue is the direct result, ladies and gentlemen, direct result of the pathetic state of women in ministry. Uh, and they're being excluded from ministry in our evangelical denominations. Yes. So on the first hand, our first response would be all those, especially men who are concerned about the influence of female bloggers, I'd say, look in the mirror, and uh, you created this and brought this on yourself. It's not some sort of feminization of the church or some liberalism happening out in society that is causing this problem. It's not living up to even what I would think is the most basic New Testament witness to men and women working together in ministry. Yeah, and so now if I can go back to the original problem, and by the way, I said almost the same things that Tish Warren said about women bloggers. I said about um, Rob Bell. Please, everybody out there, please hold back your criticism. I know Rob Bell is a great guy. I know the man is extremely generous. He's extremely gracious He's a good man. Um, I don't always agree with everything he says. But once he left his church in Grand Rapids and made some statements about the state of gay, lesbian, sexuality, and marriage in the church, he was speaking as a um, free agent, so to speak. And his words did not carry the weight of a body wherein you were going to have to work it out. You know, when you speak about these issues, you just can't make a, a, a statement. 
I believe and I affirm gay, lesbian marriage, or I do not affirm and reject gay and lesbian marriage, whatever, same-sex marriage. You just can't say those statements without all of the ramifications being worked out as what does this mean for our children? What does this mean for our Sunday school classes? What does this mean for the way we think about um, sexuality? It does change the way we think about marriage and sexuality. And that, that necessarily, all those details, all those issues work out in a body of Christ in the way we relate to one another and work them out. And, it, and no one person can do that by themselves. And this is what I want to say. And I know I've been going on and I've been talking too much on this podcast and you aren't getting a word in edgewise. Frankly, I think you're sleeping over there. But anyways, I just want to say to all pastors, you need to preach and teach as one in submission to your congregation. Always listening, always listening to the criticisms, always laying things out in mutual submission, always saying, I believe this. I believe scripture says this. I've learned from my experience and prayer and understanding and pouring over the scriptures that I believe we should do A and B and then listen to key people who are interested in A and B and how it's affecting their lives to work out our salvation together in fear and trembling. Same thing goes for all of our issues today, our controversial issues that bloggers are addressing, but they're, ad- they're addressing often in 1,500 words or less. And they're doing it and getting a lot of clickbait, but are they really leading the church into mission in these key issues for our day? Wow, that was a lot. That was a lot. So where do we go from here? So I think if we're to bring it down to the ground level a little bit, so Tish Warren in her, in her uh, response to some of these things asks, uh, who is in charge? Who is in charge? Uh, and I think this that's an interesting question uh, that maybe you and I would answer differently than she does. Now, she's an Anglican, and we're not. We're kind of low-church evangelical Anabaptists. Yeah, Anabaptists and so think our, the community should be involved in, in discerning all, all right. truth. So Anglicans think the bishop uh, from top down should be discerned. I, I'm kind of overstating. So for, um, so for us, like in our church— you know, when people would say, well, who's in charge here? Or who's the senior pastor? We have a co-pastoring model. And they say, who's in charge here? And I always say, uh, Jesus is the head of the church. Uh, there's no senior pastor because Jesus is the head of the church. And we seek the Lord's will in community by the Spirit. And the Spirit's been given to all people. And those ordained or credentialed leaders, their primary role is to help facilitate listening to the Spirit amongst the entire community. And so we would always say the community is discerning the way of Christ by the Spirit, and that the leader's job is certainly through good teaching of Scripture, through an understanding of church history, and through a good understanding of theology to help keep that space of discernment open and within orthodoxy, but it's not necessarily to dictate for people things. And so our answer, I think you and I, and maybe many others listening here, wouldn't say, well, who's in charge? Well, the ordained, credentialed, Ministers should be in charge of the Christian blogosphere, and only those who uh, get the editorial stamp of approval by CT or by Christian Century or by First Things or something like that, or a book deal, uh, or only those who have ordination cards or something like that. So we wouldn't quite go that direction, which is what I think some people will want. But we also don't go the other direction. If you have a voice and you have a blog and you have an interesting personality and a great writing, then uh, then everyone should listen to you. So we don't go that route either. So what what's our middle what's what's our middle way? You keep saying community, uh, but what I does that a, actually look like? I don't know if I have a middle way, and I don't know if there's a third way. I don't even like doing that, but um, 
I got a few suggestions. One, before you listen to somebody, know a little bit about their life, what they say. Do, does what they say actually, is it actually fleshed out in real life amongst a real live social body? Is there some mutuality going on there or are they, have they put themselves up over above a group and using certain abilities to create um, uh, social media and attention and, and galvanize a following over against other people. This is something I feel happens that is that harms the body of Christ. So my, my first comment would be, you know, does the person talk about their church? Does the person have a church? Are they in mutual accountability to a church? Um, you know, there's plenty of other kinds of authority that are not church authority that often take other forms of secular authority. And sometimes Christians even occupy that secular authority. But but that's not church. And that's not spiritual authority um, until it is brought under the... the uh, uh, person and work and leadership and headship of Jesus Christ in the body of Christ. Yes. So uh, that that was a mouthful, but do you agree? I mean, so my first comment is, even though we are talking on this podcast, even though I write, I still, I used to be a blogger. I don't really blog anymore. I blog articles on Missio Alliance website under my author page. You can subscribe to that, Missio Alliance slash author Fitch or whatever it is. But, you know, the fact of the matter is I'm accountable to a group of uh, writers at Missio Alliance, but I'm also accountable to a church, to my ordination, to a school. Um, I think those are all different kinds of, of accountability that mean I must reflect on what I'm saying, how it affects other people, and counter arguments and counter issues from what I'm saying so that I have to articulate it. And sometimes a prophet will have to say hard things. (coughs) But even in Scripture, the prophet is within the community of Israel and has to receive the hardship and critique. prophecies are tested. And they're tested. And even within... Discerned. Yeah, even within the New Testament, but, but... especially in the Old Testament, if a prophet goes off on a lark and starts misleading people, there are some negative consequences to that for the prophet. He's accountable. And I just think there's a whole... We don't get to invent things and make them up. We do get to think through things new, especially in situations we never encountered, applying Scripture, engaging the history of the church and extending it, but we have to test it. And, And where's that place of testing for that person that you listen to, whether it's a blogger, whether it's a podcast, whether it's your past, is the pastor setting himself up above the congregation? There's a few people in in Washington right now who don't seem to want any kind of accountability. Okay, <laughs> Do, are we going to listen to that? How does that affect how we listen to that person or persons? Likewise, we need accountability and mutuality in the church. All right, so I'm going to do a little cultural analysis here. I think that this blogging issue is a symptom of a larger societal issue, which is that we have no. Uh, respect or desire for what could be called like middle institutions, like churches, schools, um, parent-teacher church and middle institution. Well, I just mean socially what happens is we have individuals and then we have like the government and who makes decisions for all people in all times. Yeah. And then we have like the individuals and the government either respects your rights or denies your rights. Uh, but there's now no longer a sense of like the middle kind of world of these kind of local institutions, uh, hockey teams, baseball teams, uh, bowling leagues, the Kiwanas and, you know, the Rotary Society, like all these things are on decline, you know, many like 
Bowling Alone and Robert Putnam. And so, and I think that what happens here is the blogosphere is very similar. It's like you have individuals who speak and write and individuals who read them. And then you just have the blogosphere, but you have no uh, institutions or communities in which people are living and discerning these things. And that's not how it's been historically uh, for the church. This is a brand new kind of time because all of, I would say, all of the leading church fathers and mothers for whom we have spiritual and theological classics penned from their hands, those were all done in community. There are very few in which they were really done individually. They were all done in the accountability and the feedback of local communities. So like Calvin and Augustine and Luther, like they were all like talking with people and getting pushback and being accountable or lacking accountability and things like that. And so, but now we live in this age where you, we just all have megaphones. We were even in front of these microphones and we're blasting our message out, right? You know, and in one sense, uh, we could do this without any accountability. You and I, we are part of an institution though, a seminary. We're part of local churches. We're part of a denominational structure. And so we do have accountability and we see that as a good thing because the spirit of God is at work in all those layers to test and refine and to lead into all truth. And when you have, and whether it's uh, Jen Hatmaker or even Tish Warren uh, or Rob Bell or, you know, myself, or like if it's just, if we're on our own teaching without any kind of accountability, I think it's not just a bad idea. It's just not how God wants it to be. Yeah. And so, uh, like uh, there's a guy uh, uh, we both know, Mike Svalm, who uh, from Calgary, uh, who comes out comes on my Facebook page, and he says uh, uh, this is one of the reasons why he dislikes Twitter, Facebook, or other blog uh, pages that dis- that always give that disclaimer that this position does not reflect the position of the institution that they are uh, you know speaking from. Well, I got to tell you, okay, uh, you and I represent Northern Seminary. Northern Seminary has a history and a doctoral statement, et cetera, et cetera. So if there's any problems with what we say, uh, Northern has to engage. And Northern has to either extend or say, yeah, but we want you to correct this or engage it or kick us out or embrace. Same way with our denomination. I actually want to publicly say that I disagree with my denomination stance in the USA, not Canada, on women in ministry. Um, and, and the way they uh, the way they ordain and or consecrate women in ministry. Okay, now my denomination can say, you know what, Dave, you shouldn't have said that. You need to get out of the denomination. If they kick me out, they have to be responsible for that. They have to engage and tell me why or why not. And it leads to a broader discussion and a broader accountability. But if I say I am in no way representing my, well, no, I'm ordained. And yet I realize I have to comply in certain ways, but I also, because I'm a member of this body, can be prophetic prophetic within the body and have to take the consequences within that body and lead this body into where God's taking us in mission. So as our, our good friend Matt Tebby would say, don't hear what I'm not saying. So we're not saying all authority is bad, and we're not saying uh, a strict hierarchy is good. We're not saying women bloggers are bad. We love women bloggers, and we think they need to, uh, you know, find their place in the church and use their powerful voices to we need lead to church them into the mission. Place as men and we power. as men need to continue to fight for their places in the church. But what we are saying is that, uh, so you and I are both ordained and credentialed, uh, both in 
the church setting with ordination and in the school setting with doctorates, right? So those things matter. And so uh, we have been tested and approved in certain realms to be teachers and to be uh, handlers of orthodoxy and things. But we understand, at least as far as I can tell that I know, we understand that teaching and training that authority to be used to create an authentic space for everyone to discern the spirit. Our credentialing and our authority is not to be a bully, uh, you know, to bludgeon other people who we disagree with. Always in mutual submission. Always. Right. And so it's the mutual submission within the community of those in authority and those maybe that don't have authority that should still be listened to. But there, there needs to be a relationship and a mutuality. Uh, and it's all about the community. When we're lacking those, when you have people who don't have any training or, or uh, authority and yet speaking and having a great audience. And when you have people with training and authority, then just using it to just bully people, like neither of those is how it should be. It should be people working together um, who, and then submitting humbly one to another, and those naturally having power, using their power to elevate those who don't. Yeah, and so we've probably gone on long enough on this, but this, this, this live body of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we need to recognize who our teachers are. We need to recognize who's skillful there. We need to recognize who our apostles are, who our prophets are, who our evangelists, who our pastors are, what these voices are, and how they all contribute to the growth and development of the body of Christ and extending the truth of the gospel and the mission. And without that, it becomes, it can go off the rails very quickly. And even, I would argue, and this is for another podcast, become ideology conceptual uh, gathering people over against other people. And uh, that is not good for the church. So just to wrap it up um, again, I just want, and this, this relates, this announcement relates uh, Stanley Harawas is coming to Northern at the, uh, the early in May. And one of his lectures is going to be why witnesses, why did God choose to have human beings witness on his behalf about the things that God had done? And I think that this is a key question about the communal nature of mission um, for the church is that we truly are supposed to witness on God's behalf. And that's because even God himself, who is the way, the truth, and the life, does not impose or coerce his position on people who are unwilling to see it. Rather, he has entrusted us on the ground, people embedded in context, to witness and discern to the live kingdom, out the gospel. yeah, to live out the gospel and As salvation. So that's a kind of a teaser, but it's also kind of a way to wrap up this uh, podcast teaser. June eighth and ninth, uh, theology on and mission lectureship with Stanley Harawas. You can check that out at seminary.edu on mission seventeen. Uh, and can we be witnesses to the one who's truly in charge of the Christian blogosphere and in all things, who is Jesus Christ our Lord? All right, so ladies and gentlemen, it's good to be back on the uh, Theology Mission podcast. Uh, it's been good to get together. It's been a little muddled, but I hope we got our message across. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear uh, respond on the Facebook page or the other page, on whatever Twitter, Dave can be found on Twitter at? Fitchest. And I'm at Jeff Holsklaw, just one word. And we can both be found by our name And we on mutually Facebook. submit to you and to our churches and to Northern Seminary and the other institutions we serve under the submission to the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to sign off. Thanks for being with us. Till next time, this is Dave Fitch. And Jeff Holtzclaw. See you later.